0: What it do, golf fans. Welcome back to the Turn Darks Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. What another crazy weekend in golf. Uh, Hopefully, you had less rain in your life than they did over down there in Jacksonville. It was absolutely nutty, made for an absolutely hectic situation. It all broke loose. It was mayhem. I'm sure that you guys, as long as us, ran into some challenges there where you had guys that didn't make the cut that definitely should have. So, Jack, what challenges did you run into this weekend?
1: Everyone physically imaginable. (laughs) Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I get it. I mean, I had what was known as the God Squad in FanDuel, and the top players in the world that I had in my lineup all missed the cut, and I just put my head in my hands, and I still watched, happily, by the way, because the players is awesome, but I had my – Head in my hands for the fact that the best players in my lineup all missed the cut like crazy.
0: Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a tough one to see. That's for sure. Let me just go through some of the, the well-known names, by the way, that, are, that missed the cut this weekend. So Brooks Kepka, Xander Shoffley, Jordan Spieth, Tony Finau, Gary Woodland, Patrick Cantlay, Justin Rose, Colin Morikawa, Taylor Gooch, Adam Scott, Mark Leishman, and Jason Day, and those are just the big names that are like the, in the top one hundred players according to FedEx standings. So, most of those you'll notice kind of have a trend. A lot of them played later on the first day and then came back early the the, the second day, which is technically. Saturday, which is the second round, had an earlier second round, which means they played in all the bad conditions. The lone exception was Jack's boy, which I'm sure he'll talk about here shortly,
1: Patrick Cantley. You want to talk about Cantley? No, I don't want to talk about Patrick <laughs> Cantley. He screwed me over more than you. Both the guys I was confident in winning or getting close to the leaderboard finished like a combined 20 over. Uh, yeah, Cantley
0: was the was a tough one.
1: I mean, I you had
0: all the right mindset in that. Now, there are a few guys in there that obviously struggled with this course. Speed did not look good. Um, there were a few well known guys that made the cut. You had Rom make the cut, you had JT make the cut, but that's a, that's a lot of well known names that missed the cut, and I'm sure that hurt people's lineups.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, it hurt mine. And speaking of hurting lineups, can we talk about Hideki Masayama oh, withdrawing? three seconds before the leaders teed off.
0: Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, do you think that there's an easy way? Like, obviously, that was a lot of controversy. Do you think there's a way to f- potentially fix that in the future? Like, do you have any ideas in terms of what you think they should do?
1: Now, here's the thing. If if they withdraw, like, the night before, I could see totally them saying, you know what, you had ample time, you could have looked." blah, blah, blah. But the fact that they teed off, the second Masuyama withdrew, there was almost like 40 hours in rain delay. Yep. You don't think DraftKings or FanDuel could have just said, hey, we are allowing up until midnight tonight to switch to a guy that hasn't teed off yet. So you have no advantage on the field. I I get that. There is there is a little bit of challenge on their parts. So
0: part of I'm trying to find both sides because I – I had Hideki and you had Hideki. So we're a little biased because we both lost out on the money because he didn't play. Now, there are some some instances that I've heard that I actually think make a lot of sense. I, I think that they should have auto put in
1: Hideki's replacement, which I think was uh, Patrick Rogers, I want to say. I don't know for certain. I know someone was like a fifth alternate that got jumped in because of him, but I don't know who it was. I want, to say, I want to say it was Patrick Rogers for Hideki,
0: but I, the, the issue was is that they said that not everybody had the chance to bet Patrick Rogers, so they didn't want to give the odds straight away to anybody that did it uh, with Hideki in case there was a mistake and then people would be pissed if they couldn't bet on Patrick Rogers. But what I say in the future is leave a box on the bottom for alternates. On the bottom of FanDuel or DraftKings or whatever uh, sports betting platform you want to use, leave a box on the bottom with, like, two or three of the the alternates. So people can really bet them if they want to. Now, they're not guaranteed into the field, but leave a box for the alternates. That way, if somebody withdraws, then instead of the person that got withdrawn getting zero, you get the first alternate automatically automatically. That's the field. That's your guy. Because that way they still have an opportunity to bet him. So there's nobody that's going to complain. You could have bet him, even though he's an alternate. But that way, if anybody withdraws in any future bets, you automatically get the first alternate, no matter what. No switching. That way you're not sitting there saying, All right, well, I'm going to switch from Hideki to I don't know, John Rahm. Obviously he's a bad example because he's the most expensive guy. But he's a he's somebody that is the same concept.
1: Yeah, I mean it's hard because if you take a look at another sport like basketball or football per se, if your guy is ruled out 20 minutes before the game, you don't have the opportunity to switch him just for the replacement. Yes. So I think that that window of, uh, unless they, you know, you do a multi-game fantasy sports lineup where you can kind of go, this guy in the Falcons is out. The guy at the bears is playing at three o'clock. I can switch you to a guy in that game. I think was one of those things that could have been done only because Half the field, three-quarters of the field didn't get to tee off. So there was plenty of guys that had the ability to be switched, and it wasn't like anybody benefited from somebody going out in the morning shooting seven under, and you got to put them in your lineup for free. Um, So I think there's definitely a couple ways around it. I like the alternate theory, but that guy might get you negative points in the the long run, so you never have any idea. It's not not a perfect theory. Um, Obviously, there are some challenges
0: to it. But I think in terms of not getting overloaded with, with too many points, because then it'll turn into a problem where people will be mad that, that, that you were able to switch to somebody and that they could have gotten your extra points. Because theoretically, by the time they made that adjustment, they already would have been so many holes in. So you, everybody would have picked the guy that was cheaper, that already had the most points. It, it, it would have it made it a lot more of a headache. So that's kind of why I understand
1: that the – that uh, FanDuel and DraftKings were kind of against it all. No, I totally agree from their side. I'm sure they profited immensely from it. But um, it's just weird to me that as the leaders are teeing off, there's plenty of opportunity for them to switch, even for just an hour. Hey, with Wedecky with true emergency, you have one hour to select a guy that hadn't teed off. And then there was a rain delay. I just feel like they could have done something to allow more people to enjoy Doing their daily fantasy sports, and it's no knock on FanDuel, DraftKings, whomever, because all of them did it. Yeah. Obviously, they couldn't have predicted that um, Hideki would have withdrawn, and who knows if they had the code in place to open everyone's roster back up that had or did not have just Hideki. So you never know. I agree. And it
0: is unfortunate that it happened that way. I'm hoping that they use this experience, though, and they're able to fix it and modify it for the future. So that way, we don't run into this problem again. That's really the main goal. It sucks. Yeah. I hope that you didn't spend a ton of money on FanDuel and draft and put Hideki in there and then lose it because he withdrew. Like I know in a few of my lineups, I had a chance to make money, but I finished just outside of the money and I had Hideki in those lineups. It's just the way it
1: goes, but I'm hoping for the future, they fix those problems. Yeah. I think that's definitely something to, to work around for sure. And I think that it's going to be something that will probably be fixed in the future
0: definitely. So let's talk about, we're a few minutes in here. We haven't even mentioned the man that won Cameron, the mullet, man, Smith, Cameron Smith, mad, impressive victory. If you ask me, I know that it felt like he came out of left field. I know he never really came out of left field, but in my mind, I didn't really see much of him all week. He was kind of sneaky, couple shots off the lead all week. And then the mullet just, just came out and on Sunday, he just played
1: great. Yeah, I think that a lot of people, much like Matt Fitzpatrick, really underestimate him, but you have to remember, this is the second time he's already won this year. I think I don't know why. I think it's because he doesn't have that top five player in the world. You don't see him on all the commercials, especially in America. I don't think he's got that household name. Even though he does, it's not the same as a Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, et cetera. So I think it's one of those things that if you don't necessarily – discredit his win because he's not a household name um but it's not something that's like when sahith tagala came out of nowhere yep and you're like holy crap who is this kid hey, smith is he won last year and this is his second win this year and i'm sure he might I, I guarantee you he'll get one more so i think it's definitely a name to continue looking on and that dude has got some cojones she shot the 17 that was that was ballsy. Anybody
0: that took it, I don't know if anybody was paying attention, but the shot in the 17, you had like eight feet between the pin and the water, pretty much. And so there's no chance he aimed short side there. Short side is where you aimed on the side with basically less land between the pin and the water. Uh so we had eight feet to work with and he hit it to four feet on that side. So we had it right in the middle. The the absolute to do that on a Sunday when in reality it ended up winning him the tournament because, right, because he was he ended up winning by I think by a stroke after the uh,
1: Ad- 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 Lahiri, yeah. So I think the shot that really defined it was including the one in 17, his um, it was either his third or his fourth shot on 18 where he had dunked his, yeah, fourth shot because he dunked his second in the water. Tournaments on the line. Your mental game, I know just for myself, I ducked one in the water that I'm not going up there and having the confidence in the world to go stick a uncomfortable yarded shot. To That was honestly the most remarkable shot of the tournament for me. Obviously, there were remarkable shots. Shane Lowry's ace, Victor Hovland's ace, Smith sticking it on 18. But just from a simple golf perspective, the shot that he made on 18 to seal the tournament was the shot of the tournament. Definitely. I, I
0: actually, all right. So I went back through and I looked at the numbers. Cameron Smith, one putted eight of the
1: last nine holes. Yeah. He I think won, he like 13, one putts on that round or something like that.
0: Yeah. He had one putts on eight of the last nine holes in the tournament. Super impressive. Super solid down the stretch. Definitely something that helps you win a tournament. That's for sure. Um, do you want to talk about another big stud we have? Uh, I'm going to call a legend at this point on the show, even though we're in our infancy, uh, the Gim Reaper. Doug Gam. Doug Gam, baby. Doug Gam, baby. woo woo Oh, it was solid. He he finished tied for sixth. Um, uh, he brought home six hundred and seventy-five grand this weekend. Just finished tied
1: sixth. So it's awesome that we know him, but it was it was mad impressive to see how he played this weekend. That was one of the craziest things. And his shot on 18, I swear I've never seen thought he was gonna break his hand when he was fist bumping his caddy. Oh my goodness. That was you can see the adrenaline, how much it meant to that kid. I think there's a lot of people that see, um, especially young players, it's hard to say prior to the round if I said on Wednesday night that Doug Gim would go fifth place. Was fifth place? Sixth place? Uh, He tied sixth, yes. Tied sixth. Sixth place in that stage, on the players, in the conditions they had, that dude would sign his life away, call it, dub. That is a win. That was remarkable, and I just couldn't be happier for him and um, Anabar and Leary as well. I'm sure I butchered his name because I can't pronounce it, but um, he missed so many cuts. He he hasn't had the year that he was hoping for. And then you get to show up. And again, it just takes, it's so hard in golf because as you can see with all these guys, it just takes one week, one week. You just got to play good for four days in theory, obviously with the players, it was like seven and a half, but you just got to play good for four days and you can, you know, turn your life around. It's crazy. And then miss the cut the next week. It's so weird. (laughs)
0: yeah we, we've talked him up i've noticed quite very often though that we'll talk a guy up and he'll play decent that week and then the week after we talk him up he's gonna
1: finish like top 10 top 15 as as those, those are Barry all my coming, those are all my long shot bets <laughs> yes it's very funny
0: well let's talk about another guy you like last week as well as much as we love doug gint we can talk about him for hours is, uh, it, is he alert time no this is abraham answer come back
1: abraham answer <laughs> the headphone users
0: um, um, so one Bente of
1: unrem- the remarkable
0: tied 33rd. I mean, let, let, let's not let's not let's not sit here and say it if he won, he played he had another solid week, which is great for him because he he was sluggish to start the season. Let's not get ourselves there. Um, so it was very, very respectable.
1: Hey, he got the job done definitely won some money off him. Thank goodness. I was so happy because like I said in the podcast before, I put enough money on him to get myself a bottle of tequila if he won. So Abraham answer, you have gained yourself another customer. There you go. All right. So
0: are you ready to go over some of your picks real quick from last week?
1: Yeah. So since we talked about breaking down um, our bets and how much money we would have invested. So if you listen to our picks, how much money you would have gained um, so last week for Liam, you would have gained approximately $19 in profit off his bets. And that's judging based off a $10 bet. Um, and then obviously those numbers are fluctuatable. Wow. fluctuable? No, whatever it is. Yeah, well, I think fluctu- right. That's what I thought. It didn't sound right when I said it, but, um, based on what platform you pick. So it might be different on DraftKings and FanDuel and otherwise. Um, and then for my bets, you would have approximately earned $21 in profit based off $10 bets. So if we're looking at $100 bets, we are up almost a combined four units altogether. So really good week. Again, when you see the 21 and 19, it might not sound like the biggest of numbers, but up four units approximately throughout one podcast is remarkable. So I have to think that going forward, keeping track of this is definitely something that's cool. And hopefully we can continue to grow on this.
0: Yeah, we both went over 50%. It was a good week. Um, Yeah, I went three for five, so no no complaints on my end. I had Sergio top 40. I had uh, Russell Knox top 40. He finished tied sixth. That was a great bet for me this past weekend. That one was great. He was plus 180. And then I had uh, Zalatoris top 30, and he finished tied 26th. So, Thank God you did top 30 and not top 20. I was, I, I almost went top 20 too, when I went back and I was like, let's do top 30. But then si, Siwoo and Cameron Young, uh, well, Siwoo withdrew, and then Cameron Young missed a cut. So three for five.
1: Yeah. And I had most of mine that missed were the best players in the world Xander, Colin, Cantley, you know, just screwing me over. And then KH Lee had the most underwhelming final round of all time. I think he missed the number that I had bet him on by one or two shots. And it was so close. And just watching that it, it obviously in a gambler's mindset, it should all hit, but that one of all of them should have hit, especially he, he just played so bland on the final round, trying not to make mistakes versus really gunning for it. Um, but Hey, if you're up money and gambling, you're doing something right. So I can't be down too much, but I had, you know, for my biggest ones, Dustin Johnson, I think I mentioned him as top 40. Um, that was the lock of the century, apparently. I mean, dude, had, what was it, like plus 100 odds, plus 105 to finish top 40. So if you bet that, you doubled your money. You shot 63 Russell. on Sunday, too. I know it's ridiculous. Sunday. I mean, Abraham Answer Alert, of course. Russell Henley, great guy, solid golfer. Um, Shane Lowry, I watched a guy bet an ace he bet an ace for Shane Lowry and just made a ridiculous amount of money. But, and then my last one was Keith Mitchell over Seamus power. You would have seen that on social media. If you follow us In uh, that pick, obviously I'm betting Keith Mitchell every week. I have bet him. He's won me money except for the one week. I did not bet him. He missed the cut. So listen to me when I talk about Keith Mitchell. Yeah. That was the week I bet him that he missed. The cut. Exactly. Yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. And just to go over our winners from last week, Jack had more Kawa who missed the cut. And Thanks. I had, and I had Will Zalatoris who finished tied 26th. So I would like to thank everybody for their apology for all the Will Zalatoris slander I got over the last couple weeks. You're welcome, Jack. Are we good on 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 the players? Anything else that you can think about?
1: No, I mean it was just one of the weirdest tournaments I think I've ever watched, and I was here for it because I had Monday off, so I was smoking a Stogie watching the watching the players outside. It was fantastic, but. I think we have a nice field coming into the Valspar this week. A couple of guys withdrew, Paul Casey, Doug Gimm, um, a couple other guys. So Sebastian, be, Sebastian Munoz. Yeah, that's the last one. So it'll be definitely interesting to go into it. But I am ready.
0: Well, qu- quick side note, good luck to everybody on March Madness. This will be the week of March Madness. Hope you guys will all win your money on that, too. I'm just assuming if you're a golf podcast, you also follow a little bit of college basketball. So I know DraftKings has that promotion on Gonzaga's first round.
1: Looking into yeah. it. Take it and then go bet $2 on Georgia state. You'll make a hundred dollars pro- or $50 profit either way. So if Georgia state manages to win, you won a hundred bucks off your $2 250 dollars investment, and then you'll win $50 if Gonzaga wins. So definitely take a look at that. Hedge your bets, make it win. Good
0: luck though. Hopefully everybody wins lots of money on that. As Jack said, Paul Casey, Doug Gims, Sebastian Munoz all withdrew. Expect more withdrawals. Again, it was a wild week. The, the, the players didn't end until Monday, so just keep your eye out for it. Make sure your lineups are up to date so you don't have the same mistake that Jack and I ran into with the decky this past week. But let's go to the Val So it's a par 71, 7,300 yards. We're in Tampa, Florida, so we're just continuing to go to Florida. Last year's winner was Sam Burns. Uh, 2020, this was canceled, remember, because of after the players, you had a couple weeks where you didn't really do too much. Prior yeah. to that, you had Paul Casey win it back-to-back um so it should be it should be interesting I'm very intrigued to see what happens because this field is definitely weaker than the players and I think it's a lot weaker honestly than
1: the last three or four weeks of really I was gonna say the opposite I was really? gonna, well, obviously the players in the fifth major so you're gonna get some turnups. but JT Hovland Morikawa Shoffley Johnson I mean no, Kepka. No. there's I'm saying that that uh, the Valspar has a significantly weaker. No, these are guys in the Valspar. That's what I'm saying. I think it's an underrated field. You must be looking at the wrong one because we have a ton of guys that are coming here trying to continue that Florida swing. And oh, I, I think there's a ton Brooks. of points up to grab. I didn't see Brooks. He's so he's so
0: low on the on the FanDuel and DraftKings that I skipped right over him. I was waiting to see yeah. Brooks right on the top of the FanDuel and DraftKings, and they're with me. Okay, all right, continue.
1: Well, yeah. So I think it's obviously it's the fifth major. So you're going to get more guys in that one. But I think it's a really nice tune up if you're either coming off a really good week in the players just to continue that, especially since it's such a short travel. I mean, you got, especially if you look at the open up until this year, you'd go from Silvis, Illinois to Europe in the span of hours. So the fact that they can take a car bus, or I mean, if you want to take a plane, if you're that bougie, you can, but I think it's a really good way to continue that momentum. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to put up, Right now, right now, my pick to win is Victor Hovland. That dude has seven top tens this year in 12 starts. He is on the verge of a win. And it just mind blows me that he's not uh, capitalized and held a trophy in America this year. That dude's game is so good. I anticipate him winning this week. He is expensive. I do give you that, but if Seven out of 12 tournaments, this dude gets a top 10, and most of the time it's closer to the number one than the number 10. That's a dude that should be in your lineup. And, again, we could say that about all the guys above 10K, but Hovland is a guy that's standing out to me this week. The, I actually put a star next to his name, too. Uh, he was the first guy I looked at him. Like, I'm like, I
0: can't keep going away from Victor Hovland, so I got to do him. So just listen to this. He leads this week's Veloz Barfield in strokes gain total, strokes gain T to green, strokes gained ball striking uh strokes gains uh, strokes gained off the tee and strokes gained approach and he finished tied for third here last year Jeez. (laughs) so he finishes or he finishes tops in almost every statistical category this week in the Valspar so I of course he's leading off my lineup I think he makes the most sense I think he will get the most action though so if you're looking to not bet what everybody else is going to bet at the top of their FanDuel and DraftKings. I actually do like Xander Shaufley this week. I know he missed a cut last week, and I
1: think people are going to be scared of that. I I think he would, he's a good contrarian pick. Yeah, I don't, again, it's hard to say because contrarian might not be the right word, but I do see what yeah. you're saying. I mean, all those guys at the top, I think the one guy that avoided all costs right now is Dustin Johnson. He was regarded until last week as a guy that, Probably should not have been close to the ninety five hundred and up range, and now he's ten two. He had one good week. I know it's coming. I know he's going to get a win. I know he's going to be in the top of the leaderboard for weeks to come. I just don't think he's he's only been in four tournaments, so I haven't seen enough from him to warrant that ten two of a purchase when there's a lot of guys in this nine thousand dollar range that are just ripe for the picking. No, I definitely get that, and I think I
0: think that it it warrants it in his price because he is the cheapest of the 10 K guys. So we both like Victor Hovland, obviously Justin Thomas is at the top at 11 K he's going to be a great pick. And then more Kyle can hopefully bounce back here after having a tough week. Are you
1: ready to get into the nine K range though? Yeah. And let's just start it off with Terrell Hatton because he should be 10,200. So save $400, get Terrell Hatton put him in your lineup next to Hovland and then skip to the $6,000 range to, to afford that lineup.
0: I, I actually sat there and looked at it initially. And I said, I think Hatton and, and Dustin Johnson switch numbers and it would make a lot more sense, but that is the way they did it. So obviously I agree with you. I'd go to Hatton. The other guy I do like as well in this air, in this range is Jason Kokorak. He's not flashy. He's, he's kind of like Cam Smith. He's just not, the enticing play that everybody loves, but he's been playing well recently. He finished tied 53rd last week. I can't really take last week's numbers into account based on finishing because the weather was just so atrocious that it was all over the place.
1: But prior to that, he went first 38th, 17th, 26th, 26th. So yeah, I got- mean, this guy's unbelievable. And I really agree with the co-crack pick because like you said, the Valspar, you're not coming into this course, needing to hit 400 yard drives, go for par fives and two and really push it. You just, there's birdie holes out there that even you and I can be at. So Kokrak's a good pick. I, I, I don't want to lose my voice, so I'm not going to yell, but Abraham answer alert is right there for the taking. But I, all these guys, Matt Fitzpatrick, again, like I said earlier, super underrated. Yep. Tommy Fleetwood at 9,100 is a steal. Brooks kept at 9,400 is probably the most, the pick that we could discuss the most because yeah. At the same time, he has a 50-50 of winning and missing the cut. It's just really weird. And I I say that with caution because at 9,400, unless he misses another cut again, you're not going to see him at this price point, especially with a field this good. So take him if you want, but just note with caution that I think he's still trying to figure out his new club change, his new swing, and really gearing it for majors. So I look for this week to really either turn it on or really – after this, take a couple weeks off and fix this game. As you heard earlier on in the episode, I didn't even realize Brooks Kepka
0: was in this field because I'm so used to seeing his name at the top of the DraftKings board. So seeing yeah. him, seeing him this far down, I was I was confused. I was so lost on why he was so low. Uh, just a reminder: Paul Casey is out. I know he's here at ninety five hundred. Just don't pick him. Uh, Sam Burns, he's your previous winner, ninety six hundred. I, I don't know if I love him this week. Shane Lowry, he's always an interesting pick, and then you got Oosthuizen, too. I feel like he's kind of sneaky, but I think he's I think he's overshadowed by Hatton because you can pay a hundred dollars less and just get Hatton in your lineup.
1: Never a bad thing to be cheaper and get the same product.
0: Exactly.
1: So, all right, let's go to the uh, let's go to the eight K range. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, can we just talk about the hottest player in golf right now, Keegan Bradley? <laughs> He is—he uh, is somebody that I am very much contemplating as far as bets go. So, listen, let's just put it this way: if I'm talking about Keegan Bradley, Jack last name—I almost said it—I can't say that. Uh, <laughs> talking about Keegan Bradley, that is remarkable because he's not a flashy guy. Yep. He's not hitting 300-yard bombs. He's got an unorthodox swing. That guy has been on a tear. I mean, literally a tear, and it's just. It's awesome to watch. And then maybe the only other guy that I'd really consider putting in my lineup this week in that AK range is Alex Norton.
0: Really? Okay. I was not who I,
1: I would have expected you to pick. Okay. I'm all ears. Why Alex Norton? Why Alex Norton? Well, let's just talk about the fact that his last, let's call it four, 26 in the players in terrible conditions, five at the Honda, which is a stacked field six in the waste management, which is a stacked field. And his worst finish in his last four was 48th at the Genesis. That dude, I just think for the price point, his scoring average is 69, two top tens, and he's getting you 67 and a half fantasy points per game in this range. I think it's just a good steal and a guy that will round up and make the cut. And if you bet him, like I will be most likely in a top 40, top 30 pick, we'll get you some money. So I joke because my two picks in this range are Alex Noren for –
0: basically the same reasons you just mentioned and then i'm going back to the well on russell knox he played so great last week i i'm going back to it at 8100 I'm, I'm here i'm for it. here for it yeah, oh. He, oh jinx by the way got you oh uh, so again he's coming off tied six he's made his last five cuts and finished no worse than 33rd in his previous five tournaments
1: i know it's great um bubba watson another guy i think that pga tour and power rankings are high on him because he has success here i don't I'm fading him. HV three. Love that guy to death. One of the most exciting players to watch half of his tournaments. He's missed the cut. Same with Gary Woodland. Actually more, he's missed 60% of his cut. So I just, I haven't seen enough to warrant at this price point, especially if you're trying to round out a lineup, I'm just going to skip it. I almost took Bubba, but I agree. I was like, I was like, Oh, Bubba Watson is here.
0: Love him. He's kind of nostalgic, almost like Phil or tiger. Like you just want it. You want him to continue to play great for another 40 years, but. I, he's so inconsistent. You just can't, you have no faith in it. That'll it last you stay. So I agree. I, I do like, I like our picks though. Keegan Bradley, Russell Knox, and then you had
1: Alex Noren. Yeah. And I mean, I think that what's cool about this is there's about 40 or 50 guys that we're about to go to in the $7,000 range yep. that we could make a case for all of them. And I'd like to jump into that right now, just because there's so, I've never seen the $7,000 range this full. What do we got? Who's your first guy? Let's see if it's the same one. Honestly, Lanto Griffin. Oh, that is not who I thought you'd be going to. Okay. Minus again, I'm not really judging this last week on concurrent performance just because of so many outstanding things, but 52nd, me Arnold Palmer 39 in the Genesis 16 at at and 30 in the farmers and third at the American express, including two other top tens at the uh, beginning of the year. I think that, honestly it's 10 out of 12 cuts three top tens dude at this price point honestly pretty good and i also like doc redmond watching him the last couple weeks he's been doing really good um but i think those are two guys that i'm really looking out for i know it's i know i could easily say my guy biz Weedenhout, um and then adam hadwin just had a couple or at least this week was probably his best week so it's another guy to look at
0: adam Hadwin is one that i looked at as well but i i don't know i feel like he's going to be very popular i don't really want to want to join everybody else in the world and go with him i also saw doc i couldn't do it but i am glad you could because at least one of us do not look like a genius assuming he does well um ct pan kind of sneaky he seems low uh entered the playoffs finish uh he entered the playoffs with finishes of ninth and sixteenth. Obviously, I can't take much into the players. He opened with a three hundred sixty-nine on, on that Thursday as well. He just played bad on that on that Saturday. He was part of that big grouping that got stuck in the weather. But at 8700 8, weather conditions are supposed to be better this week, so I'm all right with him. Uh, I like Adam Svenson. I know he. So he he's got Bubba Watson's old caddy. And the week he switched to Bubba Watson's old caddy, he's made six of his last seven cuts, Hmm. which I think is just funny because it's just streaky. And so at this price, I'm here for it because he's, he's 7,200 on DraftKings and 9,000 on FanDuel. He's somebody great to use as a fifth spot. And then I also like Martin Large based on consistency
1: And I'm a big fan of Joel Dahman this week. I was just going to say that's the (laughs) last guy that I would throw in my lineup in this one. I think that a guy like as consistent as he is, even though his, you know, his place on the leaderboard might not show it. I think this is a lineup that he's probably not going to win it. No offense, Joel Damon. But I think that that top 20, top 30 right there is probably a spot that he can comfortably finish in. Um, So either get you some money, whether it be in sports book, there's that token ESPN notification or whether to round out your fantasy lineup, but anything else in the 7k range, there's nothing that really sticks out to me. I agree. Uh,
0: so let's go into the, to the flyers in the 6k
1: range. Who, who are you looking at? Who you got? Who are you thinking? Honestly, this is probably one of the first times that I'm not scrowling here for a random pickup. I think that one of the guys, and I know he hasn't had the best of the year is Luke Donald. This dude was in number one in the world for over a year straight. He can play golf. I mean, again, I know his leaderboard status has not been showing it, but if you're looking for a guy all the way down here, that is a guy that can just as easily do it. And then JJ spawn is another one. And then Grayson sig, everything else I'm avoiding like the plague. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Well, see, I'm,
0: I'm tempted to look at Pat Perez. He's not flashy. He's not fun. He's not exciting. But if you go up there and you want to get Victor Hovland and Xander Shoffley or somebody that's expensive, I think Pat Perez is pretty solid at 6,900. He's gonna he's gonna be a great bottom of the leaderboard guy that should make the cut in my opinion. He's just not flashy. He's not exciting. I
1: think that's kind of why he gets skipped. Totally. Tell me about another guy because I know you have another guy in your lineup in your eye.
0: The other guy I really like is Chez Reevy. Uh, so he's seven out of 13 in his last cuts. Again, he's right there at 6,900. So he's a solid option if you don't want to go with Pat Perez, but overall I'm, I'm really not that big of a fan of this 6k range. I think if you're going down here, it's, you're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. Uh, so I would prefer to end my round with some, or end my lineup with somebody like Joel Dahman Personally,
1: Yeah, I agree. Well, that's good. Um, let's go ahead and really quickly go over, our lineups then so if you want to start with your DraftKings, i'll be ready to hear it definitely so i started
0: with victor hovland and then i went down to jason kokrak uh i have alex noren and russell knox and then i did adam
1: Svensson and joel Dahman. and those are my six guys nice i went with hovland abraham answer don't make me yell Keegan Bradley, Joel Damon, Doc Redman, and Sam Ryder. So I definitely bit hard on the Hovland pick. And then I kind of filled it out with nothing lower than 7,000, which usually isn't me. Usually I sneak right onto the uh, 6,000 range as well. But while we're at it, why don't we go ahead and break down? And if you want me to go first, I can happily go first. Our FanDuel lineup. Go for it. All right. So I bit the bullet on this one. So Victor Hovland, Biswedenhout, Keegan Bradley, Alex Norton, Adam Hedwin, and Joel Damon. If you put this in a 50-50 lineup, I guarantee you get top 50. I'll go over mine. I have, for
0: FanDuel, I have Victor Hovland, Kokrak, Gary Woodland, Russell Knox, Adam and Joel Dahman. And I think Woodland is kind of the guy I'm struggling with
1: here. I'm trying to find that guy there in the middle range other than Russell Knox. Yeah, Woodland's a hit or miss pick, so hopefully – uh, before I post this, when you do end up tinkering, that... <laughs> I, you know, I will tinker it. So I'm sure Woodland will be the first guy I tinker.
0: Uh, I'm just trying to find that right guy. I might go down and maybe just back to to Alex Noren there too, and then maybe adjust more of my my DraftKings lineup and do something different there
1: because I do like that lineup, but I want to make different lineups for FanDuel and DraftKings. Sure, and you know that obviously, according to our listener, or excuse me, to our listeners, that we'll definitely go ahead and post those. So. Regardless of what Liam says on here, he will be changing his lineup. So knowing that, let's go ahead and get into the sportsbook picks this week. Definitely. All right. So I have
0: four bets again. It kind of seemed to work. And then I added in the fifth one last week. Uh, I'm going to keep that Russell Knox train going. Top 40 is plus 100. So just double your money real quick. We've stated it why we like him earlier. He's coming in real hot. Uh, I have CT Pan at top 40 and plus 140. Again, he entered the players calling really well. He started out hot. The weather kind of hurt him, but I'm hoping he comes back. I like Martin Lard, top 40. Again, he's just kind of consistent. I always see him out there making the cut, not doing anything too too snazzy, too fancy, but he's plus 170 for top 40. I like him. And then Adam Svensson, who's making all the cuts in the world right now, uh, he's at plus 180 for top 40, so I like him as well.
1: Nice. I'll go ahead and get into mine, but for the last like four months, I've been sa- letting you sing Lard. It's Martin Laird. Is it I've not? Been trying to be- no, it's Martin Laird. I've been trying to be nice, but now that now you're officially betting him and talking about him, it's Laird. I okay. have to throw that out there. And that yeah. one I'm more confident about than Biz out. <laughs> really? Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. So let me just go ahead and start off by Abraham, answer alert. Top 30 is plus 110. That dude I don't know if you watched him last week. He had two or three bad holes, and everything also super consistent. I think he's going to carry that on. Victor Hovland, top ten. I don't really bet straight winners, just because it scares me. Up until like Saturday, I'll throw a couple bucks on a guy just to root for him. But Victor Hovland, top ten, is plus one thirty-five. If he has the week, he should be. You double your money and more. Turl Hatton, plus one fifteen for top twenty. Have you watched the dude the last couple of weeks? Top twenty is his bread and butter get your money, go ahead and double it. Alex Noren, plus 115 for top 40. And likewise with Adam Hadwin, plus 115 top 40. At least one of those guys will make that top 40 mark, in my opinion. So that's going to be a lock, and you'll at least get your money back, plus a little more. And then finally, this might be a public regret of mine, but Keegan Bradley, top 30, plus 140. I went all the way to 30 with Keegan Bradley. Wow. Okay.
0: All right. That'll be a... That will be an interesting one. We, we will see on the Keegan Bradley one. That That is one where you're either going to look like a genius come next week or we're going to have to talk about it because you missed on that one. So we yeah. shall see.
1: 100%. All right. Are you ready to go over potential winners? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've already solidified my lock and Victor Hovland. Um, it's hard to say because I feel like when people get so set on one guy, that's the only guy they'll look at. Um, but I think, again, Justin Thomas, he's having an incredible year, and no one's really talking about him. So I think that those are the two guys that I'd really look at in terms of a win. And if you're looking for possibly that deep sleeper, um, I think that um, – I just talked about him. Terrell Hatton is a guy that could win it. I, I was going to
0: be different than you and not pick Victor Hopland, and I was going to go right to Terrell Hatton. Cause I was like, I was like, I know Jack Scott, Victor Hovland, so I'm gonna be different and do Terrell Hatton. But now that you've done him, um, so who's who's your one guy?
1: I think Hovland. I really, I, I'm very confident about him. I know that bit me in the butt last week, but I'm really confident about him this week.
0: All right, so you you'll get a, you'll get Victor Hovland, and then I'm gonna take Terrell Hatton then, since since he's your, he's technically your other
1: guy. But I was also looking at him, so yeah, it works for me. I mean, we'll definitely reconvene. We might have to start putting side bets on who's pick to win does better throughout the rest of the year. Hey, I'm here for it. I mean, I'm up one right now, so.
0: Whoa. (laughs) Let's talk about it. No. All right. All right. So you guys heard our winners. I hope everybody goes out there and wins lots of money. Good luck on both college basketball and on golf this week. Everybody enjoy the Valspar. As always, follow us on social media. That'll be the best way to get all the bets. Yes, all the updated bets. Follow us at Turn Dogs Golf Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. That'll be the best way to get a hold of us. And as always, share us your bets. Let us know what you got. But of course, have a good one. I appreciate it and I'll see you guys next week. Let's go.